Hi, it's Dave. Welcome to my channel. Tesla just finished their battery day presentation and in this live stream, I'm going to be sharing my first impressions. Alright, so if you're part of the live stream, go ahead and add a comment and discuss with other people. I'll go ahead and I'll be um, looking at some of the comments and adding them uh, later on in the video. First, I want to share some initial remarks. Um, so Elon Musk and his team made a slurry of announcements at Battery Day. And I mean, there must have been literally over a hundred things that they shared that they're working on. And it was all for the main goal of Number one, bringing down battery costs and also scaling production. And this is what Elon is calling the limiting factor for Tesla's growth. They need to secure enough battery cells at the right cost in order to drive lower cost vehicles and to scale those vehicles going into the future. Now, Tesla announced their overall plan to half the cost of per kilowatt hour of battery and also to scale production to three terawatt hours by the year 2030. Um, Drew Baglino, he's a senior vice president of Powertrain and Energy, he made an interesting point and he basically said that um, there's asymmetric demand increase for price decreases and what that means is let's say you have a car and you drop the price by 20% or so you would think that hey you get a 20% increase in demand but no it's not like that it's not symmetric it's asymmetric meaning you might drop the price by 20% but you might get a doubling or tripling of the demand and that's why bringing down the cost of batteries is so important because as you bring down the cost of the entire car, which includes the battery, you are asymmetrically increasing the demand for that type of car. And um, Elon mentioned, and it was a big announcement, he says, hey, we're going after a $25,000 uh, Tesla car, um, probably in about three years time. Now here's why um, this, actually I'm going <laughs> to, sorry, I've got these comments um, going, I'm going to, uh, uh, mute the comments a little bit sorry um, <clears throat> yeah so here's why the $25,000 car is so impactful is because let's say model 3 and model Y might sell let's say 1 to 2 million cars per year combined long term however the gen 4 car that's priced let's say around $25,000 it might actually sell 5 to 10 million cars per year and if it actually goes down lower over time it actually could even grow more than that and further the gen 4 $25,000 car could have different variants of the car for example it could be a sedan it could be a hatchback it could be like a small SUV or a crossover there could be four or five different types of um, cars in that $25,000 line so you're looking at potentially over 10 million cars from just that one line and that's how important it is for Tesla to drive down the cost of their batteries and to drive down the cost of their overall cars. Um, I think actually um, Tesla will make this amazing $25,000 Tesla car with lithium iron phosphate and Elon mentioned basically they're uh, having a diversified battery strategy right for this so-called low end or he, they called it medium end they'll probably use iron, lithium iron phosphate and then they'll use nickel manganese for their medium plus and for the high end applications they'll go with more of a nickel formula. Now this is important because with lithium iron phosphate batteries they're much cheaper actually um, to make easier to make much more ample supply but the big problem is they get they're less energy dense however tesla with the announcements that they've made today in their battery day 
they mentioned something about having a 300 mile car right with lithium iron phosphate and i think what they're saying is they're looking to get the $25,000 let's say car in three years they're looking to make that car for, with a range of 300 miles for $25,000 i think that's going to be the killer value proposition it's going to be a tesla car it's going to be sporty little smaller than model uh, 3 and model y but it's going to go 300 miles for $25,000 and it's going to be the final nail in the ice automaker coffin now i've been talking about gen 4 and the possibility of this $25,000 car actually since 2014 i was one of the biggest advocates in the early kind of tesla investor community saying that Tesla's Gen 4 is going to be the nail in the coffin. See, Gen 3 is amazing. Gen 3 establishes Tesla as kind of a major player in the automaker world. And it's a wake-up call. But it's not the nail in the coffin because Gen 3 or Model 3, it hits kind of the entry-level luxury sedan market. And also obviously with the Model 3, the entry-level kind of um, small SUV market. However, Gen 4 goes straight to the heart of the car market, which is the economy car, right? Which is the Toyota Camry and the Honda Accord and even down lower to the Civic and um, the Corolla. And what Gen 4 does is it's the final coffin, which basically Tesla is probably going to aim to sell five to ten million dollars, uh, five to ten million of these cars within the first few years. Uh, and it's not going to be a pretty sight for IC automakers. I mean, how are they going to recover from this? Already their top end is getting, you know, eaten by Tesla. And now Tesla is going for the heart of it, the economy cars. All right. So for um, Battery Day, what did Tesla announce that was so important? I think first, Tesla announced a larger cell. So it's a 46 millimeter diameter by 80 millimeter high so the volumetric density i think is about five times right as um, much volume can go into that cell and that results in five times as much energy and six times as much power the second important thing is they've announced a tabless design so they removed the uh, the tab which enabled them to actually make actually a, a bigger cell for for cheaper and they've managed to deal with the the heat issues as well the third thing is they introduced dry electrode or dry coating of electrodes. And what's interesting is they said that this is not completely ready and they still have a lot of issues and they're on version four, but it won't be until like version six or seven where they can really go full production. So it's going to be interesting to see how Tesla can overcome the challenges they face with their current dry coating electro electrode technology. And number four, they announced a cell to pack design. And it kind of actually blew me away because they're saying that, hey, they're going to make the pack actually part of the structure. So Elon explained that just like an airplane wing is actually the, the fuel tank. So in an airplane, the fuel goes into the wing and the wing is the entire wing is a fuel tank. Um, and in a similar way, Tesla is going to make their cars where they're making the entire structure kind of like the battery pack. So you don't have a separate pack. The structure itself is the pack and you stick the cells directly into it. It saves a ton of parts, gives a lot of rigidity to the structure. Um, I think it's the right thing to do. I mean, you can always count on Elon and Tesla to at least attempt to go and rethink things through first principles. And this is what they've done with the pack to sell design. Now, the resulting kind of results of all of these innovative you know, efforts is that Tesla's managed to possibly reduce the cost of kilowatt hour for their battery cells for a whopping 56%, right? We're talking 56% reduction in cost. This is unheard of. Of course, this is going to take a while to realize those gains. So Tesla is saying that it's going to do it's going to be 12 to 18 months before they start realizing some of these advantages and it's going to be another three years before they fully realize all of the advantages that 
um, they've announced uh, with these announcements. Now, with each production line that Tesla is going to make, and they have a pilot production line already up and running in um, Fremont called the Roadrunner line, each production line can do seven times the amount of production as a typical production line. So in the same space as the as the Nevada Gigafactory, you're going to be able to actually do a one terawatt or a thousand gigawatt hours compared to the 150 gigawatt hours that are planned in Nevada Gigafactory. All right, Elon made another interesting point that I want to reflect on. He said, as companies grow larger, they slow down, but Tesla's trying to speed up. And I think this is a really interesting kind of observation. And I think it's actually bullish for all Tesla shareholders. Um, literally, as companies grow bigger, they want to protect their market share. They want to kind of slow down, become more um, efficient, and become a safer investment. But Elon is saying, no, Tesla's not going to be a safe kind of company. It's not going to be risk adverse. It's not going to be a, a company of maintenance. Rather, Tesla is going to push the envelope and continue to be an innovative company, taking risks and all for a mission. It's because they have a long-term mission and vision to um, accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. Long term, Elon is saying that they're trying to make 20 million vehicles per year. And I'm guessing that's by 2030. Lastly, Elon announced the Model S Plaid. Now this kind of surprised me. I thought it would be um, available this year, but he's saying that the Model S Plaid will be available at, in the late in late 2021. Zero to 60 miles per hour in less than two seconds. Now that kind of threw me off. I thought it'd be 2.1, but it's faster. Quarter mile in less than nine seconds, and it's going to be it's going to have a range of a greater than 520 miles. Um, amazing specs. I want to share a few um, reflections as um, as I kind of wrap up my initial comments and then we'll go ahead and go into the live chat for some questions and your guys' uh, feedback. All right, here's some reflections. Number one, Tesla is crazy. Yeah, that's my first reflection point. I mean, Tesla is absolutely insane. I mean, if you watch Battery Day, you'll see how much ambition they have. I mean, it's, it's just mind-boggling. And they're working on innovation across so many different areas. That's insane. It reminds me of kind of the infamous or the famous Bell Labs, where so many inventions came out right over a, a period of time. And in a similar way, Tesla is the modern day Bell Labs. It's the place. It's the company where so many innovative, you know, uh, inventions and practices are coming out. Um, and I mean, you don't want to compete against this, right? I mean. You don't want to compete in an industry where you have perhaps an historic company. We're talking about a generational company that is pushing the envelope of innovation and has just dozens and dozens, if not hundreds and hundreds of efforts to innovate and push innovation through. So number one, Tesla's crazy. Number two, the CEO, um, Elon Musk is CEO. He is so involved and knowledgeable. If you looked at this presentation, it's, it's, it's not like Elon has a lot of time to practice a presentation. Like for example, Steve Jobs, he was known to practice his keynote presentations and they were kind of like more of this flawless presentation. Elon kind of wings it, but even with winging it, you can just see the depth of his technical knowledge, right? With batteries, with with um, the constraints, with all of even the chemistry and all of the detailed knowledge. I mean, Elon is kind of like a CEO that's beyond the typical mold of what a CEO is, right? Elon is getting hands-on, nitty-gritty into the engineering. And you can imagine how many hands-on meetings Elon has had with engineers to try to help steer and to help give feedback to pushing the envelope with toward, um, toward making new innovations. And I think this type of CEO um, that can have amazing kind of management and you know overall vision, but also 
to scale it down and actually go deep into the minute technical details. I mean, that's that's literally an amazing, um, yeah, that's an amazing uh, attribute to have um, as a CEO. Um, all right, number three, reflection is uh, Tesla is so impatient, um, like in a good sense. If you look through their whole and you watch their whole battery uh, presentation, you'll see how impatient like the whole company is, right? The whole culture of Tesla is not wanting to sit back passively. It's not trying to so-called be patient for others to bring in innovation for their suppliers to to you know do things. Tesla's whole you know mode of operation is they're wanting to take control of their future and push things as forward as fast as they can right they're not going to um, be passive in any way and I think throughout this battery day presentation you saw you know basically every 30 seconds to 60 seconds you have an example of Tesla's impatience right they could have sit, sat back and just let you know the, the typical course, the, the typical trajectory of battery supply and battery costs is to play out. But Tesla is saying, hey, no, we, we can't accept that. We have to do our best, our absolute best in trying to push right battery costs down faster because we need the world to move to sustainable transportation and sustainable energy faster than they are right now. All right, so those are some reflections and initial kind of first impressions on Tesla's battery day. Um, for the stock price, some of you guys are wondering, hey, why is the stock price down you know, after um, a great battery day presentation? And um, if you watch my video from this morning, I sh shared the mechanism right, of why stocks uh, typically or can go down after a big event or announcement like today's battery day. And the basic mechanism is this. is is it's a great trading event and a lot of funds have already foreseen this that, hey so many people are excited about battery day let's buy the rumor right so you you buy a lot of shares a lot of calls up until battery day and right after battery day or right before around that time then you unload all of your shares and calls um, because you made the big profit right and a lot of funds are just looking for weekly monthly profits right that's all they care about um, there are times when the event can outshine and outperform people's expectations and in those cases actually it could you know re, uh, it can go much higher and break through right kind of the decline from people selling out however in Tesla's battery day case you didn't really have the near term the short term kind of tipping point or breakthrough moment there wasn't any short term impetus where you could see like Tesla you know sales going up a lot or the gross profit going up a lot there wasn't any real announcements over the next for the next few months to several months rather tesla played i think a great game and he said hey this is a long-term game right and this whole battery day is for the long term and they shared their announcements and i think that's uh the reason why the stock is down what six or seven percent after hours even after dropping uh, um six percent in uh, normal market hours today all right overall tesla's uh, long-term story is very strong and battery day just reaffirms right tesla's ongoing domination not just of the auto market but also of the energy markets and i think of autonomy as well tesla also is sharing about home hvac and other industries that they're looking to go, go into and i think tesla's future overall is very bright and tesla's battery day just shows and gives a lot of illustrations as to why that is the case all right guys um, i'm going to go ahead and um, spend the rest of the video um, kind of reacting to comments and interacting with you guys so if you want to you can go ahead and stop this video right 15 minutes in i tried to do my best to give kind of my first impressions um, if you're 
curious about kind of more thoughts and interacting, go ahead and watch the rest of the video and I'll kind of, you know, interact with the live stream viewers right now. All right, if um, you're signing off right now, uh, yeah, go ahead and like the video. It helps out the YouTube algorithms a lot. Add a comment, subscribe to the channel, and we'll see you in my next video um, because, yeah, these videos are, are fun to do and uh, I love uh, interacting with you guys. All right, um, let's go ahead and, um, yeah, we'll go ahead and, and we got a ton of, of of activity and a flurry of activity going on right now. Um, okay, so um, okay, so Z zero mod says Dave, no million my mile battery question mark. Yeah, so Elon Musk didn't announce kind of a million mile battery, but actually, I think these miles, I mean, these batteries do go over a million miles. I mean, Tesla's batteries already, you know, go probably. Five, six hundred, seven hundred thousand miles already. I mean, the whole issue is cycles, right? The number of cycles and um, Tesla's batteries um, and their new batteries, I think, will go over four thousand cycles, probably a lot higher. Um, I think they're just not pushing their innovations or their announcements because what's the point? I talked about this earlier, but it's the whole Osborne effect. What if you think that Tesla has a million mile battery, but it's not in your Model 3 or Model Y right now? Then you're like, hey, I'm gonna wait for that. I'm just gonna wait two or three or two years or one year even um, and hope that Tesla includes the million mile battery in your car. So I think it's wise. Hey, you know, t Tesla, Elon doesn't have to share everything about everything they're doing, right? And they wanna share a lot of it because they want to um, assure their suppliers. They they want to uh, assure their miners that they're that Tesla's in it, and they want the miners to really invest into mining nickel, etc. But they also want uh, to recruit the best talent in the world, and they want to show that hey, we are the predominant, preeminent, right, battery maker and innovator in the whole field. And they can do that without really pushing and advertising a million mile battery. And I think they can do that anytime later, especially after they've reached kind of more full production with their battery line. All right, Pat Flynn says, I'm going to invest in sand, right? Yeah, uh, Tesla's basically said that um, there's plenty of... Um, of lithium, right? And they're going to get it from clay in Nevada. Um, yeah, it's lots of fun stuff. Um, yeah, Nur says, yeah, can you talk about the missing mile, millimile battery? Yeah, I don't think it's really relevant, you know? Again, this is, um, if you're looking at it from a, a view of the consumer, you, you're like, yeah, maybe they're wanting the millimile battery, but this battery day was not geared to, to the consumer. Um, and I think that's the whole point. Um, Gert says, hey, they're innovating in every single aspect, right? Yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, Tesla, Elon was saying, yeah, you know, we're wrong. It's just on everything, but it's just a matter of how wrong we are, right? And that's the foundational belief that drives the innovation at Tesla, where they really believe that they're wrong, that they have um, a lot of improvements to make on every single area. And that's what drives the motivation and the ambition to try to find those inefficiencies and to try to make things uh, cheaper and better. All right, RF says Elon Musk is crazy. I mean, yeah, if you think about it, this guy is doing what? SpaceX, uh, Starlink, right, with SpaceX as well. He's doing Boring Company, you know, doing tunnels. He's doing Neuralink, which is like insane. Um, he's doing Tesla, but then Tesla has like, you know, a ton of different initiatives and innovations. Like even this whole like um, Tesla web services, right, that, that he was talking about. Uh, um, 
basically allowing people to train their neural nets on their dojo computer. I mean, all of this stuff is amazing. I think one of the keys for you know an Elon Musk company is Elon tries to push the envelope and he doesn't um, satisfy for mediocre performance. And whoever works on an Elon Musk project, number one, it's going to be an ambitious project. It's going to be innovative. It's going to be trying to disrupt something. But also, he's not going to accept kind of a half-hearted, kind of passive excuse, like a lot of excuses for the the, the leaders of the project. Um, if they don't perform, he's going to ship them out and get someone in who's going to do their best and to go all out. And I think that's one of the defining kind of um, uh, criteria or interesting aspects of um, Elon Musk's management. All right, Donovan says, I'm a long-term uh, owner. Tesla's my largest position. However, I was a bit let down. I was hoping to hear something along the lines of a million mile battery. Yeah, you know, I'm telling you guys, million mile battery is kind of overrated. The most important thing is, hey, how many vehicles are they making, right? What's this, the size of the capacity, right, of battery production that they're going to be able to do in the five or ten years and at what cost because the key is if they can do it cheap enough then that's going to increase the demand for their products which is, is going to allow them to sell right the millions and millions of vehicles and so um yeah if you're disappointed about um uh the million mile battery or the lack of announcement of the million mile battery i don't think you should um that's not the point or the main point of um tesla's battery day All right. Uh, hey, Dave, what are your thoughts on the market's reaction to Battery Day? Was it expected? Yeah, I shared a bit more about the whole, um, yeah, buy the rumor, sell the news. Um, and yeah, I, th I think it's actually very expected. I am not surprised at all. Uh, this was a long-term event. If there would have been some short-term catalyst where Tesla really announced, like let's say they announced um, a new line of vehicles today. Like for example, they announced a, a passenger bus or something, right? or they announced a hatchback version of the Model 3 or, or something crazy that would really add uh, incremental income, right? And incremental revenue to Tesla's bottom line. And let's say they were gonna produce it and ship it to customers by the end of the year. In that case, yeah, you might see enough buying and enough kind of excitement for you know uh, Tesla stock to overcome the sell the news kind of power but as is so much of the uh, announcement was long term and so therefore it's just uh, natural for the stock to succumb to some of that all right pat pat says hey anyone here galley's question about disruption of course he'd ask that question yeah so galley from hyper change asks hey what kind of new markets or new products will kind of these battery innovations allow for i think elon kind of you know dodged the question a bit he was saying like hey there's already some 400 kilowatt hour density uh, batteries that you know might allow batteries and he was saying that it's going to take tesla a while to get there um elon didn't co um, comment about like boats or or buses or new forms of transportation he just basically re reiterated his belief that all forms of transportation would go electric over time all right uh steve Bim says do you see a potential 10x um on tesla from now yeah you know um Tesla's market va um, valuation, you know, of course, it's going to be different uh, to, to tomorrow versus today. But let's say uh, Tesla 400 
billion dollars. Will Tesla have a chance to become a four trillion dollar company in 2030? I kind of look at it a little different personally. My opinion is, you know, I kind of look at Tesla's valuation, I and I follow kind of Elon Musk's uh, CEO compensation plan uh, back in 2000. <clears throat> Uh, 12 he had a compensation plan that basically you know Tesla was at Tesla was at like 3.5 billion dollars and the compensation plan had um, valuation of Tesla up to 40 billion dollars that Elon would, would be compensated for or incentivized for and it had uh, tr trenches to toward that goal in a similar way Elon has a 2018 CEO compensation plan that has 10 tranches and it, the eventual goal is at least a $650 billion market cap company by the year 2027 or 28. And I think in that sense, you have to realize that Elon has um, a lot of say in his compensation plan, meaning it isn't some kind of like third party or just Tesla board of directors doing it themselves. Now, Elon is actually, I think, inputting into the compensation plan saying, hey, what is it? What is it about this composition plan? It's going to make it worthwhile for me, right? To to really invest my years and years of hard work, and what kind of potential do I see, and where can I take this company? And so, let's say Elon, um, you know, kind of sandbagged six hundred fifty million million dollars, and let's say Tesla, he thinks Tesla could be a trillion dollar market cap company by the year 2028 and let's say he does better than expected and let's say it comes in 2026 or so or maybe 2025 you know who knows it's a few years earlier um i think you know he would have 10x tesla's valuation right from that point because when in 2018 tesla's valuation was i think about 50 50 or 60 billion dollars and so the 2018 ceo compensation plan was a 10x from there and i think in 2000 you know 27 or 28 he'll have maybe a new compensation plan if he decides to stay on and therefore you know we can see maybe a five to ten trillion dollar market cap that he could expect maybe within another 10 years or now or 10 years or so um, i think a lot of things that have changed in the market especially with covid doing this crazy thing of um of causing a ton of fed printing money and also interest rates being so low that the whole market is gravitated to these high growth stocks and so i think at the moment tesla stock price is actually kind of um, higher than you know than I would have expected it to be. Um, I'm not going to say it's, it's going to you know tank or sink you know a ton lower. A lot of it's going depending on the macro environment. Um, and also, hey, what what happens in the election? How does the market you know react to the the election, etc. But um, yeah, I think Tesla is is an exuberant period right now, and obviously you know the exuberance can't continue, and Tesla. Um, performance can you know catch up to that exuberance so i don't i'm not going to comment that you know the stock price is overpriced per se but in terms of valuation yeah i think you know tesla does have um uh, a potential of becoming a multi-trillion dollar company right and i think that happens with autonomy right i think that's the big wild card if tesla can take over transportation as a service become the major logistics kind of carrier of people and goods um, throughout the world tesla's market cap um, can actually be multi-trillions if not even greater than that um, and i think it all depends on the pace of rollout of autonomy and um, yeah we're gonna see on that All right. Um, here's a uh, Pat Flynn. How do you take the emotion out of owning stock? Um, yeah, you know, um, I kind of have this detachment a little bit with the with paper money and with kind of the valuation or 
my portfolio kind of performance and I see just numbers in the perf- in my portfolio or whatever and there, I just have like I don't know it's like the zen type of like feeling where I don't really mind you know like the ups and downs it, and it's it's kind of strange I, I mean it's it's unusual in a sense right I could see it go up and down just like a lot you know um, in a day or in a week or a month and it doesn't really affect me much I think part of it is I have this strong conviction long term where I'm investing long term but on the flip side I think I've done a lot of years of working through my own personal issues toward finance and money where you know I used to have a lot of anxiety toward money and a different perspective and I think years and years of working through those issues of anxiety and kind of you know past issues from my childhood has helped me to kind of look at finances money a little bit different where you know um, yeah it just comes kind of naturally not to have as much emotion as maybe some other people would do um, I still have emotions obviously you know I'm still human I'm not like a droid but yeah toward um, investing I can I can understand how it could be difficult all right Stuart uh, says hi Dave do you think they will build a giga factory in each continent from their presentation yeah definitely I mean Elon you know he's using first principles he doesn't want you know to ship batteries and packs and all this stuff to different places he wants them to be close together so you're looking at a factory or two in the US and in um, uh, Europe and in uh, China you know maybe that's part of the reason or part of the, the whole thing of um, of yeah why there's why they shoot why they're shooting for three terawatt hours right uh, maybe you have the u.s uh, europe and china all right valet close says in no ride healing service announced what are your thoughts and your predictions for the stock tomorrow yeah on right actually prediction of stocks i don't know i mean from aftermarket it looks kind of you know weak uh so uh, we'll see what happens but on ride healing i did a video you know i think you know people are kind of prematurely or kind of naively thinking that ride healing is kind of an easy business it's not it's very complicated and i'm glad that elon is taking his time and in a recent tweet he's saying hey you know maybe we'll wait until full self-driving is a little bit more mature right or it's further down on his progress and i think elon is doing the right move um waiting on ride healing i think they could possibly do like a car sharing network kind of like Turo right where people you know lend their cars like a rental car for for people and people can pick them up and it'd be far less you know um, difficult than a ride hailing network like a Uber or Lyft um, yeah I, I personally would like Tesla to avoid um, spending billions and billions of dollars right trying to compete against Uber and Lyft with drivers right I think let the autonomous driving kill Uber and Lyft, right? And um, if you need to have kind of a transition or ramp, do it smart. Do it in a smart way where it doesn't take a lot of focus or energy or money away from your core businesses. All right, uh, can you ponder, here's Ricardo, can you ponder about Redwood Materials and Tesla Recycling? Yeah, I think Tesla Recycling and Redwood Materials, which is a company run by J.B. Straubel, which does recycling, I think it's a long-term play. Right? Obviously, you're not going to probably have a ton of recycling in the next few years because, look, most of Tesla cars have just been started in production with Model 3 and Model Y. It's only been a few years. I have one of the first um, production models of or production um, cars of the Model 3. It's a December 2017 model. But my car, the batteries are not going to be recycled for probably another, you know what, seven, eight, if not 
longer, 10 years. I mean, my car still goes over 300 miles, right? And even probably in five or 10 years, and probably will still get close to 300 miles. So it's a long-term play, but Tesla, you've got to love Tesla's long-term thinking that they're getting in place all of the things required for world-class, best-in-class recycling because they think that's going to be an important part for the long-term future. And I think, you know, they're just creating the, all of the pieces together that make, um, you know, the whole story um, compelling for what Tesla is doing. Here's a Gert Tan. He said, did you notice he said $25,000 car in three years with full self-driving? Yeah, uh, I think you need an asterisk, right? You need a disclaimer on that. I think what Elon meant, and this is after years and years of kind of understanding how Elon talks, is Elon meant to say that it's a $25,000 car in three years um, that is capable of doing full self-driving, meaning it doesn't come with full self-driving with $25,000. Rather, you, know, you can get the option of having full self-driving and pay up right, the 10 or 15 or 20,000 extra. I don't know how much it'll cost at that time. And so this, you know, illustrates kind of Tesla's strategy where they're going to go cheap on the hardware, right? They're going to allow people to buy a car for pretty cheap. And I think they can actually beat this price over time and bring it down lower, but they'll make up a lot of the margins through selling software or their full self-driving, right, autonomous software option, right? And that will boost up their margins significantly. All right, uh, Daniel, how significant is the announcement that the Shanghai factory will produce 1 million vehicles per year? Was this already expected? Yeah, I mean, um, it, what, in my opinion, I'm not sure how significant it was in the sense that Elon didn't give necessarily a time frame. He didn't say, hey, by 2022 or 2023, Shanghai will be producing 1 million vehicles. So, you know, if it's five years, if it's 10 years, I don't know what his timeline is. But um, we do know that Shanghai is, you know, surpassing the expectations of Tesla in terms of how fast it's been able to ramp, the quality of the car, the margins that Tesla is able to get per car. And um, so, yeah, to go up to a million, um, uh, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, they're going to sell Model 3 and Model Y and ship those cars out to all of Asia. And so it's not just China demand, but it's all of Asia demand. So, I mean, it's definitely bullish. And um, I'd love to see Elon actually, you know, talk about um, the more specific timeline, timeline as well. All right, Sung says, we did not get a new battery, right? Our hey, are they working on it? So yeah, that's kind of the confusing thing. Tesla kind of announced all these things that they're working on, but hey, where's the product, right? Where's the battery, right? And Tesla is saying, hey, they're working on it, right? They're, they're, they're slowly producing it and they're having, you know, some issues getting, you know, production up and running, but hey, in 12, 18 months, they'll have, you know, you know, more things up and running and in three years, they're going to have full production. Um, I think the first product probably will be the Model S Plaid version. Um, and then you have the Tesla Semi, and then you have the Tesla uh, Cybertruck, and of course, Roadster as well. All right, um, Travis says, were you looking um, for more on the product side besides Model S Plaid and impact to Q4, Q4 financials or even a des design refresh? Yeah, I was actually you know expecting the Model S um, uh, plaid version to be announced and to be available soon. I was surprised it's pushed out a year. Um, the interior refresh is coming soon. Um, they chose not to announce it. I, I was kind of mixed on that. Vehicle to grid, I thought they, they could have announced it uh, today, but Elon kind of put a damper on things. He was saying that, hey, it's not that valuable and not that important to have right now. 
Um, I think Tesla will do a vehicle to grid uh, technology where at least you could like, you know, do market arbitration, energy arbitration and make some money off of your car. Um, but Elon is pushing that um, out a bit more. Uh, Michael Chase says, what are your thoughts on Lucidity? I did a video on this. I think Lucid is, is a tough one. You know, I don't think they can compete with Tesla on the level that Tesla is at. And so I think the best option for Lucid is to, you know, they can try to sell their technology and license it to other companies or they can be bought out by another company. But yeah, I think Lucid has a lot of capable engineers and um, they have some great you know, sounding technologies. Um, it's just Tesla is not at that prototype kind of, you know, experimental level. Tesla has moved on to mass production, already, you know, decimating the whole entry-level uh, electric sedan and SUV market, now moving downstream to the economy market. And um, yeah, there's no competition in terms of Tesla, in terms of startups, right? Um, there can be, and I want to do another video on the true competition of Tesla. And um, that I think is, very few people will 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 have guessed what I think uh, the main competition of Tesla really is. Um, admin, when you are playing with house money, it doesn't have an effect on emotion. They've got in really early people. Hey, hey, that's a true point, admin. Um, I do have to say, like you know, last week I made a some decent major purchases of some stock a company not tesla um and the company and the price went down like a couple dollars and then i was like oh man are you serious like you know that's decent amount of money actually because i bought you know decent amount of stock and um there's still that emotional type of you know uh, thing but then when i say a you know when i look at the overall percent of how much i bought in terms of compared to my overall portfolio it's not that much but yeah i think one of the hardest times to for me in investing is right after buying a position and a significant position in a company and you start to see that company go down um that's yeah that's that's a tough one you know emotionally because you're you're really wanting to get a good deal right and i think um, a lot of times you have to we really, we really test my conviction, my long-term conviction on that company, whether I'm really just trying to make a short-term trade or if I'm really seeing this company as a potential like a 10x company within the next five or 10 years. All right, Dario says, a $25,000 affordable car is much better than the million mile battery that no one can afford except the uber rich. Well, yeah, I mean, the million mile battery probably will be standard across all Tesla batteries, right? Uh, Tesla probably just didn't choose to announce that. And I agree, the $25,000 affordable car that Elon is talking about is the next big thing. I mean, we're talking about, you know, um, the number of shares uh, or the, num the number of vehicles that Tesla se sells of a Gen 4 vehicle is just going to be mind-boggling. Um, and that is, in a sense, you know, um, the big play that Tesla has going forward for the next three or four years. All right, uh, whoop.trick says, what do you think about Quantumscape? Yeah, I did a video on this actually not too long ago. Um, Quantumscape is kind of interesting, but um, I don't think they really have what it takes. It's very prototypish. Um, their volume production is like way out in the future, like 2024, 2025. Uh, 2024, I think they have a pilot mine and they're trying to get to volume production in 2028, but they still have a lot of things to work out in their technology. Um, 
And so, yeah, I mean, stuff like that, there's a lot of risky investments where it's like kind of like built on hope. And I'm just not a big fan of that. I want to see the product. I want to try it out. And if I can't try it, I want to see an early enthusiast community, like really excited about it. With QuantumScape, it's really hard to, you know, to really evaluate their technology. Um, yeah. Um, James Jimmy says, "Hey Dave, do you think Tesla will make an electric plane?" Yeah, you know, I've thought about the, uh, this a lot over the years, and I was like, "Hey, maybe SpaceX will make it. Maybe it'll be a collaboration with, you know, Tesla. Maybe Elon will make another company." But I have a friend who, um, his name is Emmett, and he asked actually this question back in a shareholder meeting. I think it was like probably 2016, or I forget what the exact year, but he basically said, "Hey, if you guys, if you do an electric." vertical takeoff landing jet will it be under Tesla or SpaceX or Tesla or something else and Elon actually replied that uh, I t the gist of it was that he thought it would be under uh, under Tesla but it would be a f uh, far way out and um, yeah I think it could make sense the most likely destination is Tesla in my opinion because a lot of it will have to do with batteries and battery breakthroughs um, motors right because it's electric SpaceX is not really doing electric you know propulsion all this stuff and so I think um, it makes sense to do it in Tesla um, yeah I mean if Elon was greedy he would say hey I'm gonna do it in a separate company where I can own right majority share because with Tesla he's only only like 20% but I mean it'll be a question um, going forward and yeah I think it's exciting uh, one of the exciting things about being a Tesla investor is you get all these free option calls to new industries and new markets right in the future that if you know it pans out so you know electric vertical takeoff landing jet could be a, a an option call that Tesla investors have. Um, it's not something that people are thinking about or it's not built into the price right now, but it's like a free option call um, that you have. Um, Jordan says, Dave, at this valuation, do you think Tesla buying an LG battery uh, would work? I'm guessing battery factory or LG battery. I mean, I, it seems like Tesla is already buying batteries from LG as well as from Panasonic and CATL. Um, would they buy a battery factory from LG? I don't think so because Tesla wants to manufacture their own uh, factory. And most importantly, it's the equipment, right? It's the machines that are making these batteries. And Tesla is customizing all that, right? With their um, Groman ac um, acquisition, with their Hybar acquisition, with their Maxwell acquisition, etc. All right, Richard Funk says, any updates on full self-driving? Um, yeah, Elon shared that they had to basically rewrite kind of their whole software and make it 3D and make label everything in 3D. And I think, um, yeah, Elon is correct in thinking that this is going to be a, a major improvement. Um, I've always been a little bit kind of like, you know, Elon is trying to push the envelope with timeline, and sometimes these things do take some time. Um, but I'd rather you know have a, a CEO who's impatient like Elon and wanting to push the envelope than a passive right overly patient CEO who's just trying to like who's willing to wait out years and years and decades for something to come by so um, yeah full self-driving um, uh, Tesla's working on it hard and they're trying to have an update I think in Q4 um, to change out the whole um, labeling system
All right. Uh, Kishivan says, given Osborne effect concerns, do you think there are near-term unannounced product improvements coming? Um, yeah, you know, a lot of times when Tesla announces a new product, they do so after the quarter so they can kind of sell their previous inventory in that previous quarter. Um, so if there's, for example, a Model S interior refresh, then typically I think it would come after the quarter, for example, like, you know, one or two weeks after the quarter ends. And they can kind of, even maybe a month after the quarter ends, they get rid of all of their inventory, right, of the old Model S and X. And then they announce, right, hey, we've got this interior refresh. And so that, you know, they don't have old cars just sitting around. So yeah, I, I do think that there could be some product improvements coming for the Model S and X. I mean, those are the, the products in dire need, right, of refresh. I mean, think about it. Like, it's been a long, long time since that interior has been refreshed. All right, Joe Kim says battery day was mind blowing, way more than million mile battery or any uh, anything else people expected. Yeah, I mean, it's um, yeah, I, I actually agree. Um, and I think part of it is battery day showed the competency and the ambition of Tesla in the battery field, right? And you need both, right? For example, if Tesla was super ambitious, but they're like incompetent, kind of like Nikola Motors, right? I mean, then it would be like terrible. Or if Tesla was like super competent, but then they were just not ambitious, right? Not impatient enough, and they're just too passive, then you wouldn't have, you know, the, the right formula or the right dynamics at hand. But with, what battery, showed, battery Day showed was Tesla has this crazy ambition, right? And drive, and they just, are not sitting still yet they are combining that with this massive competency technical competency competency on so many areas of the battery kind of chemistry production like you know even securing mining materials etc across the entire right process of making batteries tesla is showing such competency combined with ambition and drive i mean oh my gosh like that's like the ultimate combination and that's what battery day showed and battery day is showing this combination of competency and ambition is going to be what it takes to drive down the cost to set a new trajectory of battery costs right curve decline um and yeah that's why it's so exciting that's why it, it was an amazing event right i mean battery day did blow me out of the water but not for like the short term type of like this quarter next quarter profits right it it blew me out of the water because it reaffirms and reestablishes the long-term kind of bull thesis of Tesla's ongoing domination with vehicles, but also with energy storage. Uh, Michael says, hey, Dave, what's your thoughts on uh, Q3 earnings? Yeah, I think, you know, as long as Tesla's able to sell a lot of cars, like, you know, more cars than the quarter before, they have a very good chance to become profitable and become increasingly profitable. And I've shared this actually several years, several years back. I did a post in 2018. I said, you know, Tesla, the cash cow. And um, the gist of the argument was at a certain point, Tesla's, you know, revenue um, or gross profit exceeds their operating expenses and every new product, product line increases their their profit and their net margin or net profit. And I think Tesla has reached that point and I 
expecting actually Tesla to do very well in the coming quarters and coming years in terms of uh, earnings reports. I'd be surprised if they don't. Um, I mean, there might be some bumps in the road. Um, and Tesla might be spending a lot in one quarter. Um, it might not sell a lot in one quarter. For example, Q1 is typically you know pretty slow. But I think overall the trajectory is um, very good for um, overall. Um, yeah, I want to apologize for actually. Here's this, Dave. I hear the popo. What are, are you on the run? Actually, there, there's a there's a there's um there's actually a uh, audio sound coming. From every time I get a a new comment, my streaming software is um, is basically is um, doing a kind of a sound. So I'm trying to fix that. I think oh here, here it is. Um, animated reactions play up sounds. Um, I'm gonna record. Okay. All right. Um, I'll do a couple more questions and then um, I'll go ahead and, and wrap up our, our live stream here. Uh, Superstar says, I didn't like battery day presentation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's up to you. I mean, I'm just going to share my perspective. Um, yeah, I think it was fantastic. It's exactly what I needed, exactly what I was looking for in terms of battery day. Reunite says, tomorrow is going to the moon. Um, yeah, you know, here's the thing. It's like a stock like Tesla doesn't go to the moon all the time. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of emotional driven type of like observations on Tesla. People are, are like, hey, buy Tesla at any price. It's going to go to the moon, all this stuff. I kind of have, you know, a, a more, you know, level headed approach to it. And I think, you know, hey, you've got to work out the valuation. And you've got to also combine that with the qualitative analysis of what this company looks like going forward and the risks involved too, right? There are risks involved with investing in Tesla. Um, and all of that stuff comes together to make a certain decision on whether to invest in a company or not. Um, invest with fire says, how did you reduce your anxiety with money? Um, to be honest, like, I mean, probably most people like watching this might not be that interested in it, but I spent like years and years, like probably like a decade, really tackling this issue with anxiety and money. I, I, I just saw it as a huge problem in my own life. I mean, I had you know, a, a, an upbringing where I just had some terrible values regarding money right, put onto me, where money was just overemphasized and exaggerated in its role and significance. Um, I always felt like poor and lacking. I always thought money had the power to kind of you know, give me things I wanted. And yet I knew that it was kind of like a, a bondage, a kind of it, it was boxing me in the anxiety and the attachment, right? And the, and the kind of the fear of not having money. And once I realized that I really made it a big priority in my life for many years to tackle that kind of anxiety I had toward money and what that money meant. And it took a lot of time. It's just like meditating and really, you know, looking at possessions because actually a lot of times possessions will encapsulate kind of your feelings toward money. So if you look at some of your prized possessions or even the things you don't think are valuable, but if you try to throw it away, then your body or your mind kind of reacts like it's, like it's valuable. That all of those are opportunities to really examine your relationship with money and possessions to to spot out anxiety and to really look at the roots of anxiety and to tackle them and say hey you know what is my relationship with money and possessions uh, does it control me or do i have kind of control over money and possessions 
Um, and ultimately, ultimately, there's you know I could probably go on with lots of videos on this, but ultimately, there's some realizations that I made personally regarding my own self, my own upbringing the reality and the truth of what money and what resources are that really freed me over time to uh, not be anxious or not to be to be as anxious about money as before. Um, yeah, uh, Shrupp says downgrades from the analyst tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I don't think a analyst really uh, uh, downgrade will downgrade Tesla because of battery day because I don't think they'll upgrade Tesla either. You know, a lot of these analysts are just kind of like chasing the stock price, meaning like the stock price goes up, they get a call from I guess their, you know, uh, uh, their I guess what it's called. I, I did an interview with Gene Munster a while back regarding Apple, and he was saying like, yeah, as the stock price goes up, they're required to kind of reevaluate. The analysts are required to reevaluate their stock to get it either. Um, close to that current price or to rechange their stock rating and in that sense I think a lot of analysts are just playing the chase game right they're just chasing the stock price um, I don't think this battery day really uh, sinks into a lot of the analysts um, and their their price targets because that's just uh, my opinion um, Eric Cruz says uh, do, what do you feel about the Model Y price um, dropping in 2021? Um, yeah, you know, actually, I was just looking at the Tesla website two days ago, and I was thinking, yeah, the Model Y is kind of pricey right now. I think the only option is like $50,000. It has the premium interior, interior um, the long-range version. I think uh, Tesla has opportunity, definitely. They're going to drop the price of the Model Y, um, open up a new standard range option, pull out their premium interior. And um, I think also Tesla, what they did with, you know, kind of separating kind of, you know, enhanced autopilot, that's an interesting thing that they did for this Q3, where they said for people who don't have uh, autopilot or full self-driving, you can buy just enhanced autopilot for $4,000 until the end of September. Now, that's an interesting play going forward. And that's basically, hey, if Tesla sells kind of like uh, enhanced autopilot package, and a full self-driving package, then they could lower the cost of the base vehicle, right, without enhanced autopilot even. And that could bring down the costs of the Model 3 and Model Y even further. And so, yeah, a lot of um, the Model Y growth is going to happen, I think, as Tesla reduces their price um, and gets the car more affordable. Ultimately, I think the battery announcements that Tesla made today, it's obvious what's going to happen. And I'll call it right now. I mean, it's just it's blatantly obvious, which is within two to three years. And Elon said in three years, they're going to be able to maximize all of the benefits of all these announcements. And this is going to go into the Model 3 and Model Y. So, you know, if Tesla can bring down the Model Y or Model X or Model 3 to $35,000 and yet have a range of over 300 miles, um, that's what this battery day is going to going to allow for, right? It can even be even lower if they pull out the enhanced autopilot as a separate option. But you have, um, yeah, a lot of flexibility that Tesla has in terms of what they can do um, um, in terms of pricing and how pricing can affect demand and how many vehicles that they sell. All right, guys, um, 
thanks for uh, coming into the live stream and participating, discussing. I have a fun time just interacting with all of you guys. I appreciate um, your guys' support over you know uh, all this time where I've been sharing videos with you guys. Um, go ahead and um, yeah, share the the video, and I want to hear from you guys. Leave a comment. Um, I'd love to you know be a, a value to you guys and to be a resource. I love sharing kind of my thinking process, and not necessarily to um, help for the short term, but I really want to impact people's long-term thinking, right? And their ability to to analyze and look at things from different angles and make uh, better decisions, not just with investing, but with all areas of our lives. All right. Um, hope you have a great day. If you're on Twitter, I'm on Twitter. I'm at uh, HeyDave7 on Twitter, and uh, we can interact there. I'm pretty active there, and we'll see you in my next video. Uh, thanks. See you later.